stormy weather. Stormy weather. Uh, interestingly, a couple of the songs, the lyrics in the songs began to speak to me as we, as we gathered earlier to worship, even in the first service, and I saw the wording of some of the songs. We haven't done that song, New Wine, for quite some time. Uh, but we did it this morning, and it says, you know, in the pressing, in the crushing, God wants to bring something good forth, something new forth, even when things are tough and pushing in on us. And I thought, well, that's sort of a little bit. I'm going to talk a bit about pressure today. That's got a little bit of a theme. And then uh, that last song, Another in the Fire, and one place particular where it says that, that he literally calms the sea. He's with us on the sea which happens to be the passage that I want to preach this morning. So it's like, I just get the feeling God is really going to speak to hearts, that, that there's something orchestrated here by the Holy Spirit that he really wants to speak directly into our lives this morning. Uh, and so I want to start with a thought on stormy weather. I actually like stormy weather. Uh, call me crazy. Sue certainly thinks I am. But I actually enjoy it. I, I love when that first big gust of wind goes up the street and the leaves, you hear the leaves blowing and a couple of doors rattle, a, a door slams and a window rattles, something like that. And you just know something's on. Uh, and then often you'll hear the first couple of big drops of rain when they come down on the top. We've got a tiled roof. So, you know, we, I love that noise of the rain on the roof and those first big drops and the atmosphere's changing. You just know something's up. And I always go out to our back deck, and we're fortunate. We live near the edge of the range. We're in a two-story house. Got a big deck out the back. So I go to the sliding door, open the sliding door, step out on the deck, let some of those big drops of rain hit me. And I just, I love it. Even when the storm really starts, I'm happy to get wet. You know, unless it's raining every day. But, when, you know, when that odd storm comes along, and I'm happy to stand out there and, and it's grumbling and thundering and the lightning comes down and, uh, and, and I, I love it. A good crack of thunder. I'm like, oh, that was a good one. Good crack of lightning. And, and uh, until you get one that's about 200 metres away somewhere down on the range, you know, and you just get this, this bandwidth of electricity. It looks like an inch thick across the sky. It goes straight down and the boom is instantaneous. And it's like, I close the door, slide the door, go and go, I'm going into the, into the, into the lounge room now. Uh, anyone else like that that li- likes that initial? But it's pretty awesome, isn't it? A storm is pretty awesome. I, I often wonder what it would be like, because I've never had this experience. Tell me if you have, but... Has anyone here ever been like out in a little fishing boat on a body of water during a big storm like that? Hey, a, few, a, few, a few hands are like that. Man, that must be terrifying to be, you know, so open and so exposed and out there in the middle of it all. I can only imagine that, you know, your little boat rod, three feet long or whatever, I've got, I've got no doubt they begin to feel like they're like 10 foot long, perfect lightning rod conductors yeah. as you sit in the boat. For me, I'd be tempted to throw them over the side, let them sink to the bottom of the, of the dam, just, just, just to be safe, you know. Um, and the fact is, life is a little bit, sometimes it's a little bit like a boat on a lake or a boat, you know, out in a storm. Life can be like that, can't it? Uh, interestingly, Scripture talks about our lives with the same language that it uses for like little boats or it, it calls boats a vessel and it calls our lives a vessel. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 4, 
The Apostle Paul says so that uh, each man should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honour. We do have that passage. Oh, there it is. Uh, to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honour. And, and, and I guess I could put that this way, that Paul is saying, um, you know, you should, you should understand that your life is your little boat and it's your responsibility to, to sort of keep a rein on it in a way that your life glorifies the creator who gave it. In one sense, that's what Paul's saying. But what I want to focus on is just the fact that Paul is likening our lives to a vessel, to a boat. And, uh, and sometimes life is a bit like being on a little boat out on the ocean wave or out in the middle of a lake being tossed to and fro. Isn't that true? Sometimes it can feel a bit that way, that the wind of circumstance and change can overtake you and all of a sudden things begin to change. Things are not what the way they were. Like most people who go out on a day trip on, a, on the lake or on the ocean, that they don't sail out there because they're hoping to meet a storm. They sail out there hoping to have fine weather and, and sometimes it takes a twist. And I think sometimes our life takes a twist like that. If you think about it, some of the, the major areas in life, like uh, your relationships, you know, relationships are the most wonderful thing that you can experience as a human being. But if they go off song, if circumstances come into our lives that, that unsettle that, then they, it can become one of the most difficult seas to navigate. No one's admitting, a few people are nodding. Your health can be that way. You know, if, if you, you wake up one day and you're not expecting to be really, really sick, but by the end of that day you are, all of a sudden a lot of the things that you just assumed were going to happen that day, a lot of the things that, uh, you know, I see how my life is going to unfold, all of a sudden it's different, isn't it? If you've ever, especially if you've ever faced a major health challenge, it's like your whole world can be tipped upside down. It is a storm on the lake, so to speak. Your finances... You know, when, if you take a hit in your finances, you weren't expecting. If you make a poor decision and are going to pay dearly for it, or if there is an unsus- un- unforeseen bill that all of a sudden comes out. One of uh, a little house that we rent, the water system blew. 1800 bucks right on the end of our holiday. Thank you, Jesus. But you know what I mean? All of a sudden, what was a calm lake becomes, oh, oh, golly, we weren't expecting that on top of other things. We weren't expecting that. So life can be a little bit like that. And, and so I want to talk to us today, uh, certainly I want to look at a passage of scripture which has a lake and has a boat and has a storm. Uh, and I want to talk to us today about getting through the storm. How do you get through the storms? They're common to us all. How do we navigate them? Because all of these things I've talked about, they are simply the issues of life. That's it. As a matter of fact, most of the issues of life for humanity could be put in those three broad categories. Your resources, your health, your relationships. That pretty well covers all there is to cover in life. And every pain and every joy fits somewhere in there. So I want to look at 
Um, uh, John chapter 6. And this incredible passage, it's captured, this story is captured in three of the Gospels. It's captured in John, in uh, Matthew, in Mark. Uh, it's absent from Luke. And the three different Gospel writers all captured different elements of the story. And, and so I'm going to uh, read John as our basic scripture, but then I'm going to bring a few of those different threads in from the other two stories, if I can. And, uh, and we'll navigate our way through this. John chapter 6. Verse 16 through 21. Now when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat and went over the sea towards Capernaum. And it was already dark and Jesus had not come to them. Then the sea arose because a great wind was blowing. So when they had uh, rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat and they were afraid. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they willingly received him into the boat and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. I want to talk to us and about getting through the storm. And, and as soon as I say that story, if you, if you really caught the, 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 the gist of that story, these guys set out on a journey without Jesus. Their circumstances change and they are rattled big time, so much so that uh, when Jesus appears, they just think they're seeing ghosts and they're all about to die. And uh, thankfully, they had the smarts to invite Jesus in the boat immediately. He gets in and then they supernaturally find themselves where they need to be. Now, man, who would like some of that in their life? Uh, because we all face these circumstances, we all have things that trouble us and at times we try and soldier on alone or we question what will become of us when things become unstable, what will become of us, what will the end of this story be? And man, if you read that and don't want some of that, man, I want Jesus in my boat so that I can get where I need to be and get out of this storm. If you don't want some of that, you're not reading the story right. So what I want to do is, is speak to us this morning and I really in my heart and I think a confirmation of even some of the songs we sang, I, I, I want to speak specifically to maybe people who feel like that's where I'm at. Things have come to my life that I wasn't looking for, that I didn't invite, they just seem to be here. They've blown up like an unwelcome storm. I have set sail, I'm on my way, I'm on my journey, I'm sailing my little canoe across the lake and I have been ambushed by circumstances beyond my control. I've been ambushed by storms that have come to my life that threaten to stop me getting where I know God wants me to be. In another passage it actually says Jesus directed them to get in the boat and pointed them where to go. And so my observations of this, I hope, will help you see where Jesus is in your story. First observation, the first thought is, you're never alone. They thought they were. They thought they were. It's interesting, but, but faith is not feelings. It's so easy for us to confuse that. Well, I just don't feel God's in it. I just don't feel God's showing up. I don't feel God. Yeah. 
Well, who said you were ever meant to feel God? Paul said we walk by faith, not by sight. It's not, it's not by our senses. It's, it's, it's not by what we can perceive in our natural human ability. It is faith that is based on his word and on his character, who he is. And so we can feel, I've got no doubt, they felt alone. It says it was already dark. They couldn't see Jesus, but he could see them. Now Mark says the same thing about this, that it was evening. And, uh, and Mark says it this way, in Mark 6 verse 47, Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. The only one in the story alone is Jesus at this point. Then he saw them straining at rowing, for the wind was against them. And compassion obviously moved him out there. But isn't it interesting that when things don't go well for us, when things don't turn out the way we were expecting, one of the easiest conclusions to jump to is the fact that Jesus isn't in it with you anymore. Where's God in my pain? And honestly, if you've never asked that, you've never been honest with yourself or with God. Where's God in my pain? It seemed like Jesus didn't know that they were in danger, that they, you know, that that he maybe didn't care. Come on, who's ever felt like God didn't care? Who's ever prayed prayers where it's like the ceiling is made of brass or concrete? It's some hard, unable to penetrate thing and, and you cry out and your prayers hit the ceiling and bounce back down at your feet. And it's in moments like that you can think, man, is it worth it? Is it worth persevering? Is it worth following God? Is it, is it worth exercising faith? Is it worth even praying when I feel like it just hits the ceiling and drops to my feet? We get there, don't we? They thought they were alone, but they weren't. Jesus could see them. And I want to speak right into your situations today. For those of you who are already leaning into this message and you know that there are circumstances in your life that all of a sudden have overtaken you. You may have been in them for some time and they are overwhelming and they are, they're not going to be fixed by the natural pattern of things. You don't actually have a way out. I want to say to you, You are not alone. You are never alone. Jesus sees you. He was waiting for an opportune time and often that timing is not our timing. But don't say you're alone, friend. Don't say you're alone. Jesus sees you, even in the middle of the sea. He sees you and he's ready to come to your aid. Often we've got a a tendency to push God away unwittingly, I think. You know, Jesus wasn't in their boat at this point. And it was a fearful place to be. It's always a fearful place to be when things aren't going right and you're getting tossed by the storm and it's like Jesus is nowhere to be seen. But we tend to put him there sometimes. Sometimes it's, it's a sense of our own failure our own brokenness, we, we know better than anyone else who we really are and you can question, no matter 
How confident, how self-confident you are about yourself. There wouldn't be one of us who've walked an authentic faith journey who haven't questioned why on earth would God want to be with me anyway. Why would God bother with me? Sometimes we push God away, even unwittingly, when we feel that he's failed us. Not just our failure, but his failure. Where were you, God? Why didn't you show up when I needed you? You could have just come into that situation sooner and everything would be different. And our own sense of being let down by God. Hey, come on, I know in a, you know, a great faith-filled uh, environment, we're not supposed to talk this way. It's a bit of a taboo, isn't it? But you tell me if you've never felt that way. If you've never wrest- Honestly, if you've never wrestled with God on that level, you've never really been honest with yourself or God. And our sense of, you know, why would I call on him? It didn't work last time. Didn't seem to turn up. Didn't seem to care last time. Why would this time be any different? And for us, often it's just that we get so tunnel vision on life. Our brokenness or our busyness or our distraction, our fascination with building our own lives. Unwittingly, we just leave Jesus out of the equation until the storm hits. And then you become intensely aware that Jesus isn't in the boat anywhere to be found. And, but, I, but I believe, I just believe that today God is going to speak to hearts, speak to, yeah. to people yeah. in your situations directly. And, and maybe those of you have, who have unwittingly left Jesus out of the boat are going to welcome him back into the boat today. Maybe those of you who intentionally left him behind through discouragement or disappointment or disillusionment, you're going to lose your illusion and you're going to welcome him back into the boat. You might be here today and you might think, man, I have never had Jesus in my boat. If you're talking about my boat as my life, well, I've never really made that strong a connection. And, and I really pray today that, that you will. When you see God's intent and God's heart toward you and towards your life. Second observation is that turmoil is a conduit for intervention. He saw them, he saw the need, he saw them straining against the wind and that moved his heart. That's what got him motivated toward them. Now, before you jump to the next conclusion, which could be, well, that's just nice, isn't it? God just thinks, I'll let him suffer a little bit before I step in, just because it's fun. As much as our turmoil is a conduit that attracts Christ into our circumstances, uh, I think it, it, it also opens us up. You know, sometimes without turmoil, even if Jesus was to knock on the door, we've all done it. It's not on your best days that you push into God. We're just being honest again. It's not on your best days 
They're the the easy days to just go, well, praise God, it's all going great. Thank you, Jesus. But when turmoil hits, it opens our heart. We begin to question where we're at and what we need to do and how we position ourselves. And we begin looking for Jesus in our lives. Because Jesus was always there. You were never alone. It's not like all of a sudden he shows up. He was always there. You just couldn't see him. And he's waiting for you to be open. Hungry to see him in your circumstance. God, I'm in this storm. Where are you? You know, scripture says that if you seek him, you will find him. You seek him, you'll find him. And so here they are. In turmoil, and Jesus heads straight out to them. Psalm 34, verse 18 says, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. I love that. I love that. Hey, but you know what? It doesn't mean it's all just going to turn out the way you want it. Matthew, in Matthew's account of this uh, scenario, he, he introduces the whole Peter walking on water thing as part of this very passage. And uh, most of us would be familiar with that story that when Jesus draws near the boat and they're freaking out, they think they're seeing angels, they're about to go down. And, and they, when Jesus says it is I, Peter, in that moment of faith, like, man, God is coming through so big. Jesus is here. It's all going to be Okay. Peter just steps out that next level. If it's you, Lord, get me to come to you on the water. And he does, and he gets out, and he begins walking. And we know the story. He starts to see the wind and the waves again, so he's, his focus goes off Jesus. There's lots of good preaching points in that. But here's the point. It didn't end up the way he thought it would. And we often, we... We miss God or we, we don't let God bring it home because it's not going the way we thought it would. And Peter, you know, and eventually Jesus grabs him. He stops sinking, he grabs him. They get in the boat together. But it wasn't quite what Peter thought. It wasn't how he saw the headlines in the paper. And often for our lives, you've got to understand that, even getting Jesus in the boat, it's not some guarantee for a fairy tale ending. It's not that. The thing that we learn from the story is no matter how desperate it is, no matter where you're at, and even if you step out in your own strength, Jesus is always willing to get in the boat with you. And some of us at times, you know, maybe we haven't returned to trusting God in some areas because we've been disappointed. It hasn't worked out the way that we thought. We should. But you know, this is what I think of Peter and stepping out in faith and just giving it a go. At the end of the day, he might have sunk, but I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat sitter any day. Wouldn't you rather just get out? He got his name in the paper. And and actually, paper that really matters by stepping out. 
I want to encourage you that if your circumstances are difficult, if you feel you're in a storm, then you are a candidate to see Jesus afresh. You are a candidate for his miraculous power. You are a candidate for his intervention. You're a candidate. It might not end exactly the way that you wished it had, but one thing for sure, Jesus will get you where you need to go if you just get him back in the boat. I like you guys in the front. Very encouraging. The life hasn't quite hit the back yet, but it'll get there. Here's the last thought it's never too late. You're never alone. Your turmoil attracts him, and it's never too late. Never too late to get Jesus in your boat. See, they actually left without him. I mean, they'd been through storms with Jesus before. I'd be thinking, man, if I'm going out on that lake, I definitely want Jesus, you want us to go, jump in. We'll take you. But then maybe they thought about another situation and thought he'll only go to sleep anyway. I'm not sure. But the fact is they launched out without him. They launched out without him. And, and I think often in our lives, a sense of launching out and getting ourselves in trouble sometimes holds us back from really letting Jesus back into our issues. And, and, and I want us to just stop for a moment, just recognise Jesus was happy to get back in the middle of things. He didn't have to be there at the start to be willing to get in once the story was unfolding. Verse 21 says, Then they willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land where they were going. And it's just a wonderful picture of like miraculous provision. God has just made stuff happen that they could not make happen. And it says to us, he will get you where you need to be. You might not have begun with him, but he's always happy to get in and get, get you where you need to go. And sometimes guilt stops us midstream from, from asking Jesus or inviting him back. It's, it can be a little bit like, I started this mess. How can, I, how can I ask God to get back involved? I got involved in this relationship and maybe even my pastor said, probably not a good idea. My friends, my family said, not a good idea. And here I am up to my ears in mess. And I just feel like this is my, this is my thing I need to deal with. It. Can I encourage you? Jesus is always happy to get in your boat. Maybe there were better ways of doing it. Granted, accept that, then ask Jesus into your boat immediately. Do what they did. Immediately get Jesus back in your boat. You know, you might have made financial decisions that weren't the cleverest and you're paying for it and there's pressure there. And as I said, the the, the perfect scenario you might see is that, well, God's just going to show up and it's all going to disappear and I'm going to be forgiven my debts. It's probably not going to happen that way. It's probably not going to happen the way you just would dream it would. But if you get Jesus in your vessel, he can still get you to where you need to be. If you can get Jesus in the boat, let him get you. Let him employ his supernatural capability and walk with him into your future, into his possibilities. Don't be locked in 
by guilt. Don't be locked in by pride. I have to fix it. Don't be locked in by that stuff. You you could have made decisions that have have wide-handed your health, have undermined your capacity physically. And you can feel like, well, that's just something I've got to deal with. Listen, get Jesus in your boat. Wisdom begins right there. Get, get Jesus in your boat. What, whatever it is, it's never too late. It's never too late for Jesus to get involved. You are not alone, no matter how alone you may have felt. Your turmoil, your pain is an indication that Jesus is nearby, ready to step in. And no matter whether these circumstances came upon you and they were uninvited or whether they're you know, results of your own foolish thinking at times, which all of us have felt that, At the end of the day, it's never too late. Jesus is always willing to get in your boat. He's always willing to get us where we need to go. He has supernatural provision, supernatural power. He began by loving you and he'll finish by loving you. So never, never surrender. Never surrender to discouragement or to fear or to a sense of pride or to a sense of guilt or shame. Invite Jesus into your boat. I've got just a couple of questions to ask you and then what I'd like to do today, a little bit different, is just uh, the worship team's going to come back right now and uh, we've got our prayer team on today. Uh, So we already had that scheduled. I'm going to ask other pastors and leaders to come too. And uh, in the last few minutes, if this message has spoken to you, if this has been resonating with you, it's like, man, that is where I'm at. I'm, I've been in this storm for some time. Maybe you'd say, I launched out and I thought Jesus was in the boat. He was in the boat. But somewhere in the busyness and distraction of life, I've looked around at this point in my life and realised I don't even know when he got out of the boat. But I'm doing this stuff by myself. Unwittingly pushed him away. Whatever. That might be you. Maybe you know Man, I launched out into stuff that I didn't want to hear advice. I didn't want to hear from God. I, I, this was willful. This was me just doing stuff. And now here I am in the storm. Jesus still wants to get in your boat. You know, you could be here and you'd say, well, you know, Chris, this is fine, as I said. But I've never really been connected to Jesus. So if you're talking about my life, my heart, like a boat, like a vessel, then I've never had Jesus in my, in my vessel. I've never had that. I want to encourage you. This is an opportunity for you to respond to. You can, you can get prayer with other people. Come forward. It might be a big step, but you could come forward and say, hey, that's me. I need Jesus in my boat. And people will... Pray for you. People who've been on that same journey as you, don't be embarrassed. We're all on the same journey. But I want to give opportunity for those that this has spoken to my heart. And I'd, I'd love someone to stand with me as I ask Jesus very deliberately back into some of the circumstances of my life. I very, very intentionally ask him to get in the boat. Get in the boat, Lord. I need you in my boat if I'm to get where you want me to be in Jesus name just a couple of questions and I'll finish are there situations in my life right now 
where I know full well I launched out without him in the boat? Are there situations where I need to humble myself, put aside pride or guilt and invite him into the boat? Are there storms raging currently where I need him to come to me and get me where I need to go? And as I said, maybe you'd say, man, I've I've never had Jesus in my boat, but you know that in your heart of hearts, that's my answer right now then uh, I'm going to encourage you to come. So why don't we stand? Worship team, I think we'll go to that last song of worship that we sang. And uh, I'll get you to just keep it toned down, Cam. I know that you're pretty excited about getting back into the music, but just keep it toned down so that we can hear for people and pray for people. And, um, and I just want to basically invite people to this space at the front of the church. Uh, if God is speaking to your heart, just come. Let us pray with you. If you want someone who'd stand with you in faith and just believe for particular situations in your life, then that's what we want to do this morning. Come on. Who needs to get Jesus in their boat in some some of the circumstances of your life today? You come as we sing.